0: Hello, Yins. Happy Friday, April 28th. This is also my sister's birthday, so happy birthday, Daria. This is her 23rd. Um, she does not listen to this because she's not a hockey fan, but, you know, if she never somehow stumbled upon this, happy birthday. I'm very proud of you with everything that you do. Uh, but for today's episode, we are going to touch on Brian Rust's season in review, go into how he was a bit unlucky in some areas this past season, and also why he could bounce back um, in a decent way next season. Also getting into another goaltender option that the Penguins could trade for that a YouTube commenter suggested. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. And then we'll touch on the Stanley Cup playoffs as we finally have a couple of teams with advanced two round two. That's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Know how to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at. And, and of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. So let's jump right into it regarding Brian Rust and his season review. So, you know, when you look at the, you know, his regular counting stats this season, you know, you will obviously see um, some lows. You know, it was definitely not the season that he envisioned. 20 goals, 46 points um, this year, you know, his 20 goals is the lowest since 2018-19. We had 18 after that, I had 27. He had 22. Last year, I had 24. This year, 20. He also had 12 less points this season compared to last season. Last, last season, he actually has set a career high in points. 58 points in 60 games. This year, 46 and 81. So it was only about a little over um, half a point per game this season. His underlyings were fine for the most part. It was just, he was getting unlucky. I'm going to get into that, you know, right now. And I'm going to start with, I'm I'm not ready to give up on him just because, I, again, I do think he can come back a bit better next season. You look at some of the numbers on the power play and, you know, th- this comes courtesy of natural hat trick. So this season in 80 games that Russ had, he, so he had 175 minutes on the power play, you know, two, two minutes per per game on the power play, it, it, well, an average of that. Well, yes, an average of two minutes, 2.11. Two his goals per 60, .68. If you compare that to last season on the power play, 2.62 goals per 60 on the power play. Season before that, 2.32. And then before that, 3.19. Even this season, total assists per 60, 3.08. Last year, 3.49. Primary assists per 60 on the power play, 1.71 this season, 2.33 last season. Total points per 60 on the power play, 3.76, 6.1 last season, 4.25 the season before, 6.77 in 2019-20. His shooting percentage, 8%. Compare that to the last two seasons where he shot over 18%. That tanked. He's scoring. You know, he he wasn't, you know, I understand the power play was not good this season, but he just couldn't do anything on it. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't generate chances. You know, he couldn't, you know, generate shot attempts. He couldn't do anything. And again, if you compare that to all of the seasons before that, it, it's night and day. So if that just goes back to even a fraction of what he did last season and then before that I think you see his numbers definitely go up next season you know most of his production this season came at five on five and, and you know it's similar in a little it's a little similar to Jake Gensel because Jake didn't have many power play goals this season but Russ had less power play goals than Jake that's just how much Brian struggled on the power play and that's why you saw him actually get replaced on the power play you know about a quarter of the way um third of the way through the season well, uh, for Ricardo Cal because you, you're always going to have Latang, Crosby, Malkin, you know, you're always going to have Gensel on it. But for a long time, it was rust on that top unit. But they ended up replacing him because he just couldn't do anything. And even when he was getting time on the second unit, it still was not good enough. So I think that's, I think the main reason why his numbers really tank this season. And then if you go down to his five on five numbers, you know, they were in line, you know, with where they were in prior seasons you know this season played 81 you know 80 obviously you know basically a full season 1082 um minutes at 5v5 average thir- a little over 13 minutes his goals per 60.78 before that 0.73 last season 0.76 um the season before that so his five on five numbers are decent his total assists per 60.78 his total points per 61.55 so it went down a little bit but Last season, it was 2.05. The season before that, 1.52, and his numbers were a bit better. Shooting percentage, 8.24, a little below where he was last season at 8.55. Um, but, you know, y- y- you're seeing that his five-on-five production, um, it-, it, was, it was decent. You know, he was creating scoring chances. He was in p- positive in expected goals, positive in high-danger chances. And he was turning those into goals. But, you know, he just – he some he sometimes didn't get rewarded. And you could obviously say that for the power play as well. I really think his biggest thing this season, and, and I know it's been a team issue for the last couple of years is his lack of finishing. And usually that's not the case for someone like Russ, because he's good at finishing his chances. You know, he's, he has a shooting percentage, you know, usually well over, you know, 10, 11% this season. It was a little bit lower than that. Um, You know, he had the right, you know, this was the big thing for him. The process was there, the results were not. And am I still concerned going into next season a little bit? Yes, he just signed that big extension. A player like this can go down the hill really quickly. I, I'm, I, if he has another season like he had um, this year, next season, you know, I'm gonna be a bit nervous for that. That's for sure. But you know, overall, I thought he played a bit better down the stretch. I, I mostly think a, a good chunk of his season was due to bad luck and poor finishing. And if he can get the finishing back to where it was this season before this one, and then, you know, in 2021, and 2020, um, I think he'll have um, a much better rebound next season. I really did. Cause you know, he, and the funny thing is, again, he still had 20 goals this year. <laughs> and the whole, I mean the whole Penguins top six had 20 goals, but it looked like for a while that he wasn't going to get there. Then he did have that nice hot streak. To win the season, and you know he's capable of doing that. You know he's he's also kind of a streaky player, and there were times this season, this season where he would go eight to ten games without a goal. And he he's hard on himself. You you can tell. You know after shifts where he's not scoring, he's slamming the bench door. He's smashing his stick on the bench. Uh, I remember you know even even on the penalty kill when he's not even scoring. When when the when the, when the Penguins gave up that goal with less than three minutes left against the Senators, where they could they couldn't even get a point out of that game. Um, you know, I you know I apparently he was just beside himself in the locker room because he just he knew that he was having a miserable season so i think he's going to take this one to heart and i do think you know at least my hope is that he has a better campaign in 2023 2024 so if i had to grade him we'd maybe give him like a c you know maybe a little lower than that like a c minus if you want to put plus and minuses in there but i think he can definitely go up to at least a b next season if his finishing does improve so let me know what you all think. Do you think Brian Ross is going to be an improved? It's going to improve next season. And if so, why, or tell me if you don't think he's going to improve also, tell me why on that. So that wraps up this first segment of the podcast coming up to, um, for the, fu- the second, segment, almost said the final segment, the second segment, we're going to get into that other goaltender option that a YouTube commenter, um, pointed out to me because you know, I, if the penguins want to strike, strike big, they could do this one, but, Or you get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay is only guaranteed fit to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. So I saw a comment on the YouTube page uh, earlier today. I believe this came from Andrew Gomos. He says, here's one for you, Hunter, having just watched – um, Johnny Hawkeye's video about Rick bonus's blow up after the, the Jets were eliminated. And oh yeah, yeah. If you did not watch Rick Bonus blow up to the media, uh he, he spoke for two, three minutes and he let everyone have it. Uh the Jets got destroyed by the the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday night. Bonus was not happy. He was you know, when you put the words disgusted a few times in your answers, oh, there's gonna be some day changes coming to Winnipeg. And this and this is where Andrew leads it. He goes, Yo, he suggested that Connor Hellebuck would be requesting a trade to a U.S. team if the Jets dismantle their current team by trading a lot of their core. Next year is the final year of Hellebuck's contract. What do you think of the Penguins making a move for Connor Hellebuck through a trade? I mean, obviously, Andrew, uh, sign me up for Connor Hellebuck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if the Penguins could go after him, I would do that in a heartbeat. You know, it's kind of similar to throwing everything at UC Soros. I do think you're going to see a lot of changes with regard to the Winnipeg Jets. You know, the time has maybe reached an end here. With the core, you have Mark Shifley, you know What's going to happen with him? Blake Wheeler, Pierre Luc Dubois. He, he's getting close. Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor. Like you know, what what's the plan here? You know, what's that? Josh Morrissey. You got to figure out who's staying and who's going. in Hellebuck. You know, I, I could see. Uh, Elliot Freeman talked about this on the Thirty Two dots podcast today too. He even said, yeah, I mean, there's a chance that he could even get traded um, this summer. And and you know, Hellebuck. Yeah, he's he's awesome, people. <laughs> I mean, I know in the playoffs, um, you know, if I can just making sure I have his numbers here. He did struggle, allowed three more goals above expected, eighty-six save percentage, three point four four goals against average. But um, during the regular season. Four, four, he saved 31 goals saved above expected play in 64 games. 920 save percentage, 2.49 goals against average. Um, save percentage on block shots was 956. He carried the Jets to the playoffs. He was the only reason. They were really good the first half of the season, and then they started to stink in January and February. But he was still very good in the second half, even when it looked like they were not going to make it at times. It was funny. The Jets, every time they would win, it would look like, oh, they're, they're going to pull away. But then they would lose a couple. It's like, oh, you're inviting Nashville to come back in. You're inviting Calgary to come back in. And eventually they got in. But I don't think any serious person picked the Jets to win that series. I understand Vegas was very fraudulent coming in, but they got Stone back. Eichel's awesome. Theodore Petrangelo Brassois is playing decent for them. They were going to win that series. You know, maybe they weren't, I didn't know if they were going to win in five, but I thought Vegas was the better team, and they showed that Connor Hellebuck can only do so much for you um, in that situation. So, you know, I, I would be all for it, Andrew. I, I, you you can definitely add that, um, you know, to the Penguins' goaltending wish list if you want trade package. <laughs> <clears throat> that's a big one. You know, you're talking first round pick, top prospect, good roster player, probably another first round pick. I know that sounds like a lot, and I know some of these players don't go for that kind of price. But <clears throat> in terms of Helladuck, who is arguably the best goaltender in hockey, you know, <clears throat> I, I think they're going to ask for a Kings ransom for him if he gets put on the market. But <clears throat> he would solve a lot of the Penguins' problems. I know his contract, it's not um, <clears throat> super long injury. You know, you said he does have, um, uh, uh, he's, you know, next year is the final year of his contract, so the Penguins would get a full season with him. But, you know, that next number, It is going to be a big one. You know, it's that's going to be a high ticket, and I don't know if the Penguins will be able to afford that. Then that gets really interesting, right? If you want to go down this rabbit hole, say the Penguins do trade for Connor Hellebuck, and we're just obviously this is we're in silly season right now, people. This is how it goes. Say they do trade for Hellebuck, they don't they don't have an extension for him or Jake Ensel. What do you do there? That's what I'm really looking for. You know, again, you shed some salary to keep both. That would be interesting. you know I think there could be a way you keep both because you know a lot of the core has taken discounts to come back Since but then you have sit up in two seasons, you know you have to figure out the math and obviously I think a new GM will be able to do that because I think you can figure out a way to get all those players signed back and be able to add you know quality depth around you know your star and your core. but oh, it's definitely an interesting question to say the least, but no. I would be all for adding Hellebuck. He would be a, a a perfect goaltender for this team. You know, do I think it happens? Probably not, Andrew, but wow, uh, sign me up. You know, him, UC Soros, Jeremy Swayman, they gotta do something big, I think, in goal for next season. You know, if it's not that, you gotta bring someone in who can challenge Jari. Um, it can't just be Jari and Desmith running it back. And and then that's if they do bring Jari back on like a short-term deal or something like that. But I don't think he should be. You know, the full fledged starter if he does come back. I think you need to get someone in there who can really push him. <clears throat> he can play at the same amount of games, if not a little bit more than him. And you know, that's what I'm looking at for the goaltending position for next season. But yes, Connor Hellebuck, you can come on down there. You can bring Kyle Connor with you if you want. You can bring, well, I was gonna say Nick Light Eler's great when healthy, but he's obviously pretty banged up a lot of times. But you can bring Kyle Connor with you for all I care. Um but, yeah, so I think all, all I really have to say about that, um, that wraps up this second segment coming up to end the show. Finally have some teams in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to discuss that to end this. Don't go anywhere. It's coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LORS for Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first list in the day where you're free and available on all platforms so Stanley Cup playoffs you know we finally have a couple of teams who have gone through we discussed Vegas they defeat the Jets in five games and we did just see the Hurricanes take out the Islanders in six games look you know the Islanders get no no sympathy from me uh you know I know my my, you know my my fandom as a kid is coming out there because they you know (laughs) they, they they've they they've broken my heart a few, uh sometimes, and I know they've broken a lot of people, a lot of people's other hearts who are a lot older than me. I know 93 comes to mind, but I also know a series before that in the seventies comes to mind. Trust me, I, that that team has been a thorn in the penguin side ever since they came into the league. And um, yeah, that's why it doesn't get any sympathy for me. Yeah, you know? uh, it just, it felt like that team had 10,000 lives. And it felt only fitting that Elias Sorokin gave up a garbage goal for them to lose because he came onto the scene two years ago. And outside of Tristan Jari was the biggest reason why the Islanders won, because I will continue to say that the Penguins easily should have won that series in 2021. They were the better team. Their underlings were much better if they would have gotten a save from either one of their goalies, well, mainly Tristan Jari. And if they, if Sorokin wasn't God in game five, they probably win that series. But you know, that's two years old, but Carolina, the deserved winner. I thought they were the better team in this series. They really turned it up in the third period and in overtime. I don't think they're going to beat New Jersey. If the devils win New York, they might be able to because the Rangers are reeling right now, but You know, the Hurricanes are just really banged up. I'm not really sure they're going to have the firepower to match New Jersey or potentially New York if they're able to come back and win that series. You know, speaking of that, the Devils just blow out the Rangers in Game 5, Game 6 set for Saturday at Madison Square Garden. I said this on my Thursday episode into Friday. Rangers lose that game. I think you're looking at a coaching change. I think a lot of Rangers fans are out on Gallant. I have a couple of buddies texting me who are Rangers fans saying like, well, you know, if the Penguins want to fire, Mike Sullivan will gladly take them off their hands. And it's like, no, yeah, that's, that doesn't need to happen. Thanks. Uh, I don't need Mike Sullivan going to a division rival because I actually think he would make the Rangers to be a really good team. Um, so no thanks to that. But Bruins Panthers. Wow. If you would have told me that Bruins Panthers would be going to game seven after how, awful the Panthers looked in games three and four. I would have thought you were on meth. I'm serious. I am one million percent serious. I would have thought you were on meth, cocaine, whatever drug you want to put out there because they got crapped on in, in the sunrise. They go into Boston game five. They get a little lucky to win that game. Boston outplayed them. Bobrovsky played well. But tonight, Allmark stunk. The Bruins were bad in the defensive zone. That was a Back and forth affair, just total drunk hockey. No goalie could make a save. We're going to game seven on Sunday, and all of the pressures on the Bruins. Oh, Yo, You cannot lose that game after winning 65 games to win the President's Trophy with all those expectations. You cannot lose that game. I know the pan- I know, you know, people, I don't want to say this. I know the Panthers will say, oh, there's pressure on on us too. Oh, not nearly as much as it is on Boston. They, you lose that game, oh, social media is going to have a field day with that. And I'd be curious to see what happens in that that organization this summer because after the season they had, how they destroyed every team. Can't lose, especially going up three games to one and looking dominant. You cannot lose that series, lose that uh, an eighth seed three times in a row, no. So I'm really curious to see how that goes on Sunday. Couple of the other scores, um, right now. If I'm just uh, making sure I have this right, this is obviously gonna be changed by the time you also listen to this. I last time I saw, um, okay, so the Kraken did tie it up. Vince Dunn. Um, Finston got the opening goal and then it was Miko Ramson to tie the game late in the first period. So one, one, and then the stars are currently up on the wild right now. Rupe hints as they're trying to eliminate them. And then we also will get, um, Edmonton LA on a Saturday. I, I like the Oilers to win that. I think they're going to win the series. Seeing them go up against the golden Knights will be an awesome series. We really want to see that with all that scale. Goaltending, I think will be pretty decent for both teams. I think I would really want to see that. Um, Rangers Devils, you know, we'll have to see what happens here. The Devils have really turned it up a notch. It's up to the Rangers to adjust. That's not Gerard Gallant's forte. He's been brutally outcoached again in this series. I'll continue to say it that Mike Sullivan was schooling him before Louis Domingue couldn't make a save in last year's playoffs. He was running him out of the building. Gerard Gallant is not a good coach. He's just not like he gets. If there's a coach that gets bailed out by superstar talent, it is him. And honestly, you know, there's some legacy games on the line here for Panarin and Zabinajad. They haven't done a thing all series. Kane had that one moment where he did something good, but it's mainly been for them. Igor Shostorkin, Adam Fox, and Chris Kreider. I don't really think about anyone else on that team has really showed up, to be honest. Maybe Barkley Goodrow a little bit. But their star players have got to be a lot better going forward. But, you know, that will wrap up this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast a little bit shorter than usual, but we still had some good things to talk about. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Monday as we start the month of May. Crazy how fast this month is going, uh, how fast this year is going, excuse me. And we'll get all the updates on the Stanley Cup playoffs, continue the season reviews. Also, hopefully have some more um, mock Um, off-season moves, and we'll also have Danny Shirey on next week as long as we're trying to confirm that. He's obviously from DK Pittsburgh Sports. So thank you all so much for listening slash watching. I really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.